You are listening to Movies Abroad. Hi and uh, welcome back to uh, Movies Abroad. My name is Deep Smith and as always I'm joined by Dustin Chase. Um, I, um, you can hear me on uh, NPR Houston's News 88.7. You can find me on texasartandfilm.net. Um, also on Twitter, Texas Art and Film and Facebook, Texas Art and Film. And I am James Cole Clay, James Clay, Cole Clay, all these names that my friends know me by, but my byline <laughs> is James Clay. Uh, you can find me over at Fresh Fiction. You can find me on Consequence of Sound, which is um, a new site that I've been writing for. And if you want to search for either Dustin and I, you could just type in our names on Rotten Tomatoes and it'll take us to our smiling faces with all of our glowing reviews of all of the films throughout the year. So His are glowing, mine are negative. My, no, they're not. Are mine aren't <laughs> glowing. I don't like write glowing reviews for Gemini Man, which we were just talking about. <laughs> Hated it. Okay, anyway. so this is special podcast breaking news. Adib just saw the Golden Globes, even though Cole and I have marinated on it for about a half a day. <laughs> yes, and that's so, what uh, this episode is going to be about, the Golden Globes. Yeah. So, uh, Golden, Dustin, why Golden don't Globe, you uh, take the lead? Okay, so I'm going to, first of all, since winning is important, um, we're going to congratulate Cole because he got 11 out of 13 correct, more than the, <laughs> other, the other three of us. So he did very, very well. Um, Adib was very close with 10 out of 13, and I clearly just, all my wild predictions did not pan out. I only got 8 out of 13, so. I mean, I shouldn't have bet on uh, anybody, but, uh, you know, an American or a Mexican winning uh, director. I mean, mm -hmm. it wasn't meant to be. I mean, okay, so we can start there. To be fair, nobody was predicting Sam Mendes to win. Nobody on Gold Derby, nobody on Twitter, nobody on movies abroad nobody was predicting sam mendez to get that so that was a, a really huge shock and mm -hmm. the way this works for people who don't know or people who are listening probably do know something like that tells you who's going to win best picture drama so you know once the surprise was up that 1917 sam mendez was winning best director you know there was no suspense that 1917 was obviously winning best picture drama it wasn't just going to go you know with one um, so it, it was kind of a two for a surprise. Um, so what, before we get into going through each little thing, um, each of the categories and the surprises and what we liked and didn't like, um, besides best director, um, Adib, what else really surprised you? Well, I mean, I was kind of surprised that the missing link one animated mm. feature, uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't predict that, but yeah, that was a, no, no, yeah, was but a surprise. I mean, yeah. It was kind of a big surprise. Um, yeah. That it won, but I mean, I got ten out of thirteen, which kind of says that it was a pretty predictable uh, award show this no, time around. No, no, it no. Says that, it says that you know what you're talking about. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm a wise guy. <laughs> uh, but I mean, nothing really. Like for instance, uh, leading actor. I mean, as you said last time, it was a. A two man race between Adam Driver and Joaquin Phoenix, and yeah. Joaquin Phoenix won. Uh, mm -hmm. So, I mean, it wasn't really that surprising. And Cole got that right. You and I got that wrong. Yeah. Adib and I were predicting yeah, I, it's the, Adam Driver. It's the European factor. So, I, I really mm -hmm. think that, I don't know. Well, let's, let's get through the gloves first, where I prognosticate on 
the Oscars. Yeah, so um, so for so for best actor drama, that's what we had talked about in the last podcast. That it was between those two. Um, I thought there was a slight, slight chance that um, Antonio Menderes might sneak in and win that. But that didn't happen, of course, even though he was there. Um, so I, I, for me, I, I, I still don't think it's a done deal in best actor. I mean, do, does anybody really think that the Golden Globes giving Joaquin Phoenix best actor and drama? I mean. That's I don't think that's a done no. deal. Like like Cole no. and I were talking about last night, the year for Birdman and um, uh, Theory of Everything. Ed, Theory of Everything with Eddie Redmayne. It just went back and forth all season long. It you know mm. one would win one award, one would win the next, and it just toggled back and forth, and it was very suspenseful. Even on Oscar night, you knew it was going to be close, and you didn't know which one was going to prevail. I mean, Eddie Redmayne did. So I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's been. It's been an interesting race. I mean, a much stronger year than last year for actor, yeah. and um, you know, uh, and the thing is, is, is the performances are actually good. I mean, those Driver, Banderas, and uh, Phoenix are all, you know, really beloved actors. You know, in different stages of their career, which is fascinating to kind of, you know, juxtapose. I mean, this is clearly the best thing Banderas has ever done. This is Driver yeah. at the height of his powers. And this would be, I would think, as much as I do like Joaquin and Joker, it would be a um, kind of a, not necessarily a career award like Darkest Hour or something like that, but it would be something that people are like, okay, let's let's put this guy on stage. But um, I don't know if people are going to want to put him on stage. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think he's interesting, but he is so strange. So I don't know that his acceptance speech. People were asking me today if I thought that his acceptance speech would hurt him for the Oscars. And I was like, no, I think, I mean, everybody knows that he's weird and bizarre and doesn't like public speaking and all that stuff. I mean, you can see that from his body language. I think what hurt him worse was what he said backstage in a deep, I'm not sure if you caught that on the news, but oh my God. he, he kind of pulled a Jonah Hill backstage and called out a reporter for asking him a question that he said he had already answered for the last six months, you know? And it's like, I've, I've seen Jonah Hill do the exact same thing with me in the room. And it's like, dude, he spent more time berating that journalist than he did eventually going on and a answering the question. I thought, you know, why even go through all that if you're just going to answer it in the end? You know? I think he's just sick of it because he was pretty gracious um, with press and all that stuff surrounding the film. Yeah. I mean, he did a lot of stuff. You know, he not that I watch the show too often, but he went on Peter Travers's popcorn show he did podcasts. He did stuff. He did, um, you know, Q and A's at Alamo Draft Houses, addressing maybe some of the issues around the film. I mean, he yeah. really went out there and defended and worked hard for the film. I think he's just probably sick and stinking tired of. And the I get movie. that, but at the same time, not everybody saw all the coverage that you just mentioned. You know, I mean, exactly. and I'm not. I mean, I'm. I'm not exactly defending the journalists because I do think interviewers and journalists should be aware are conscious of what someone has answered for six months or, you mm -hmm. know, very general questions. But at the same time, not everybody is aware of all that coverage. And this is the, this is probably going to be the most seen interview that he's done at the Golden Globes up until this point about Joker. So, you know, it's like, I don't know. I just, I thought, Joaquin, why even do that? Why even bother? You know, like why even go into all that calling someone out? And it'd been one thing if he just was like, next question, please. But then he goes ahead and answer it after he berated that guy. <laughs> it's like you just wasted, 
Your that sounds like VR. something I would do. That sounds exactly like something that I would do. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, no, I don't think it'll really hurt him. I, but I, I also don't think like some people on Twitter who people on Twitter think that the waves just move one way. You know, they don't realize there's an ebb and flow to things. They think, oh, just because he won at the Golden Globes, which have literally nothing to do with the Oscars except momentum. I mean, there's there's no carryover votes, you know, so it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, um, I mean, it's also important to mention that I think the uh, Hollywood Foreign Press Association is only like 80 or 90 people. Yeah. And the Academy mm-hmm. is 7,000. Exactly. So it's uh, something completely different. Exactly. Uh, that's mm-hmm. why, uh, I mean, that's why uh, there's been all these stories about how much the different distributors and production companies are spending campaigning mm-hmm. because uh, you have to really uh, <laughs> buy those votes if you want to win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, so best actor, it's still a two-man race between Adam Driver and Joaquin Phoenix. I don't, I don't think anybody ever thought Antonio would actually win the Oscar, but I think I do. I did think no. he might could have won the Golden Globe, and then that would have been it. But um, it's still a two-man race between Adam Driver and Walking Phoenix. Um, so the loudest cheers in my living room happened when Aquafina won for the farewell. Yep. Um, and so <laughs> we all knew um, that again about mo- uh, talking about momentum that Aquafina had to win here to really secure that fifth spot for best actress. And I think her speech and how everybody loves her and they love that movie. And I think that's pretty much a done deal for her to get that fifth spot at the Oscars now for best actress. It's pretty shocking, honestly. I mean, to, to me it is that she won. I mean, I, like five years ago, she was just like a YouTube rapper. Yeah, I like, know. No, like a YouTube rapper. Yeah. And that's how I knew her. And then she was in stuff like Neighbors with Seth Rogen and yeah. um, stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, it's just really it's just really incredible to see that trajectory and see how things are going. Oh, I'll tell you another um, n- another thing. And I don't want us to jump around. I think we should definitely go through category by category. But the other biggest shock to me other than Sam Mendes, but I, I did predict it because, you know, you look at, you know, I, in sports. I know where this isn't a sports podcast, but you talk about sports and Baseball players, they're called five-tool players. That's like an amazing player. Mm-hmm. Okay, you look at a role like Taryn, not my favorite role, um, but what Taryn did as Elton John, he does it all. He dances, yeah. he sings, he monologues, he cries. He uh, looks incredible on camera. I mean, uh, and it's, <laughs> it's really hard to deny that um, in all the different costumes and stuff that he wears. I mean, it, it, it's a role tailored for for that now who knows what's going to happen next monday but um you know i i think in terms of the way things are going i think you can really see um some of the predictors kind of start to kind of take shape at least now as in what you know we can at least look for now like i said it's completely different we know that completely different organization but you can still kind of see the way the tea leaves are starting to kind of show and to see what even and people in the room are getting excited about. Because those are the voters. The people who are clapping are the voters exactly. in the room yeah. mm-hmm. for the Oscars. It's yep. not the HFPA. Right. It's people in the room. You're exactly so, right. That's but I'll play a devil's advocate a little bit and say, well, hey, Leonardo DiCaprio kind of laughed and cried and danced and did all the same things that Taron Egerton did Egerton, in a little different yeah, way. But, but, but I will say this. I and, and this is the only thing that Deeb and I talked about before you jumped on was that 
I would not have, I wouldn't have even predicted Taryn as my second prediction. I mean, I was wrong. I was totally wrong on this. And you and Adib were right. And a lot of other people. But I would have, if I wasn't going to go with Eddie, I would have went with Leo next. And I do think that in this category, it had nothing to do with the actual performance. I think, as it's been noted on Twitter and online by other prognosticators, that Taryn Edgerton just campaigned more. And as we know, the Golden Globes are all about you visiting them, holding their hands, and kissing their cheeks. And and that said, I'm not saying anything against one performance being better than the other, but I think he just wanted it more, and he campaigned harder. He needed it more, too. I mean, I, I don't know what Brad Pitt did to campaign, because he openly said, I'm not campaigning, but yeah, he just but he's went, Brad Pitt. He doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. And just got the, got the, you know, win anyway. I mean, maybe and nobody had, else did as well. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's but, true. Um, I mean, Tom and all those other people were. But before we leave this category, so I had said previously that, um, I mean, I think Leo's getting in for the Oscars regardless whether he won or not. But that fifth spot here, I really think was going to be between Taryn or Eddie. And I just thought Eddie was going to get it. But now I think Eddie's probably out and Taryn's probably going to get the fifth spot because I think it'll be... You know, Adam Driver, Joaquin Phoenix, Antonio Banderas, Leo, and Taron. That's how I see it lining up and, right now. And honestly, come on. Come, I mean, no, I'm yes. fine with that. I'm fine with I'm that. I'm fine I'm with saying, that. I just think that's how the tea leaves, as far as the way this year is going, is going to work. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're be... going to... Uh, uh, <clears throat> I mean, if you're going to... If you're also going to put your tinfoil hat on, I mean... Rocket Man is probably the only film from Paramount that's gotten any award uh, attention this year, and they kind of want to spread the wealth around between the major studios. Yeah. So it would make sense if that uh, mm-hmm. movie got nominated for something yep. besides some. Yeah, I think that's a good point because it's they've already taken care of Netflix. Yeah, the bag. It's got that yeah. in song in the bag, and uh, that's probably all I can think of that mm-hmm. it would that it would get. Um, and. You know, it might win song. I could totally, I'd be okay with that, honestly. Yeah. I would be okay with that. Um, so, uh, I mean, I guess we covered surprises. I mean, there were some slam dunks. There were some ones that we knew were going to win. I think there was very little dissension other than that. Oh, there was one more. Um, there was one more uh, surprise, and that was for score, right? Yeah. Right? Is yeah. That well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I bet well, on her. Yeah, Adib did predict that one correctly, but I think a lot of people, I mean, well, I don't actually, I don't remember. I wasn't really looking at the predictions, but I, um, I was going with 1917. I thought it would win there, but it, it ended up winning too. somewhere else. But yeah, I mean, that was a good call on. And like we said last night, we were told, I mean, it's another category, whether I'd have been happy with 1917, I'd have been happy with Joker, Little Women's very good as well. But I mean, what, um, Hilda Hilder did with Joker was pretty amazing, and um, amazing. yeah. So her acceptance speech, honestly, was probably my favorite uh, of the night. Uh, I mean, Aquafina was great too, but I think in terms of what Hilder was talking about and talking about, she briefly talked about her process actually um, mm-hmm. writing the score and watching Joaquin and how that really inspired her as an artist too, because that's what it's all about. And you know, those working together is what make that. I mean, really. Those two elements working together was hands down my favorite part of the entire film. Hands down my favorite part yeah. of the entire film. Uh, the music mixed with his, you know, 
performance against it. And, you know, when do you have, this is going to be, you know, we're going to say this a lot on this podcast, hopefully, but we're going to hear us beating this drum a lot. When do you have a woman on stage accepting something for score? It's such a boys club. I mean, the whole thing is a boys club. Right. So at the Globes, it was the first time a a woman solo had um, won. Um, Lisa Gerard had won for Gladiator um, co-composing with... um, whoever else it was, but um, Gladiator had a male and female winner, but this was the first solo win at the Golden Globes for a score. That's 20 years since a yeah. woman has been on stage or something. Yeah. For Christ, so I don't know that we need to talk about original song. Cole already briefly mentioned it, that that went to Rocketman as well. Yeah. We carry over to the Oscars. Yeah. Um, yeah, Unless... I mean, uh, Elton John and Bernie's acceptance speech, it seems mm-hmm. like uh, it kind of uh, <laughs> made their uh, Oscar nomination even more certain. Exactly. In the way, Elton ended it by saying, this is the first time yeah. me and mm-hmm. Bernie are getting an award together. Yep. And that's like very it, important. Yeah. They look, oh, man. How about their glasses, man? Their glasses were so cool. I love yeah. what they were wearing on their face. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was really cool. And I'm not sure what else there is to say about supporting actor. We all three predicted that correctly, as I think everyone did. Yeah. Um, Anthony yeah. Hopkins wasn't there. Anthony Hopkins might be... Anthony Hopkins and or Tom Hanks could be the ones that get left off at the Oscars. However, I think Tom Hanks winning the Cecil B. DeMille was basically a huge campaign for him to get nominated at the Oscars. So (laughs) that might uh, actually work in his favor for that movie. Probably will. Um, And it got a WGA nomination today, so that's another step in the right direction for that movie. Yeah, you seem much more cheery about it than I am. I love Tom Hanks. I'm just looking at statistics right now. I I know we all hated that movie, but... um, And I I don't (laughs) think he deserves to be nominated. I'd rather see somebody else nominated. I'd rather see Timothy Chalamet nominated for Little Women in there. But... um, but yeah, I just think I'm just saying I think that improved his chances because Anthony Hopkins wasn't at the show last night and the two popes was snubbed at the WGA. So if you're looking at you know stats, that movie's on shaky ground where you know the other one seems to be hanging on for dear life. So that's really all it has chances for then in reference to the two popes and that's um, yeah. that's Tony Hopkins and adapted screenplay, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sadly, it, I think so. It should have you know, I sent Dustin the other day, Adib, this really cool clip on Instagram um, that was showing the visual effects in that film and really what they had to accomplish. And, you know, I, you know, say what you want about that. I'm still not like over the moon about the film. I like a lot of stuff. What I do like about it, I like a lot. But what I don't like, I really don't like when it comes to the movie. So I'm not just over here um, being a fanboy for the two popes. Um, but what they accomplished with that is is incredible, and it's going to get ignored for visual effects. It absolutely should be in there for visual effects. It absolutely should be in there for screenplay, price, and um, and and uh, Tony Hopkins. Um, now, you know, it's if it was a weaker year, you know, two popes would definitely be in. But the thing is, is people are I don't want to watch that. I'm gonna and I said that too, you know. Um, and so, you know, that I think that's just what's going to happen with this movie. I think it's just going to be one of those movies that just falls by the wayside. And then, so if we continue to talk a little bit about more obvious categories, um, of course, Renee won for best actress in a drama. Um, I think that was all expected. Um, Another thing I always like to to look at at the Golden Globes or any award show is who gets a standing ovation. And both Brad Pitt and Renee got standing ovations. And that 
really is telling when the entire room will stop drinking champagne and eating their vegan food and stand up for you. So I think that pretty much cements what we already know that they're both going on to win at all the different award shows. Um, oh, yeah. Joaquin gave a shout out for the vegan uh, cuisine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His speech. Um, let's see. Uh, They're the bumps. two locks, right? They're the two locks. Renee yeah, I think Brad. so. I mean, some people think uh, that Laura Dern yeah. is a lock too, and I think she probably is. But um, I, I'm, I'm, I maybe I need one or two more from her. I mean, I think Laura Dern's a lock not because of her performance, but because she's Laura Dern and she doesn't have an Oscar. And that's kind of the same thing with Brad Pitt. Yeah, I mean, well, that, I mean, is, Brad that is. Brad Pitt has an Oscar for Twelve Years a Slave. Right, just not an acting Oscar, yeah. Right, just not an acting. I mean, Oscar. Renee is winning purely on the merit of her performance. Um, yeah, but are people really liking that movie though, and are they just liking the performance? That's it. Well, right? we'll we'll see. I think the Oscars will tell will answer that exact question, Cole. Like if if Judy shows up in makeup or somewhere else, because Renee mentioned the prosthetics last night, she's continued to she mention did. the press she tour. Those teeth, yeah, you can't so forget I mean, those teeth. That we'll, we'll see. I mean, if it shows up anywhere else besides Best Actress, then yeah, maybe they like the movie too. Um, but I think it would have shown up at the Golden Globes somewhere else if they really liked it, maybe. So, yeah, so supporting actress, I mean, Kathy Bates, Annette Benning, Laura Dern, Jennifer Lopez, Margot Robbie, they were all there hoping, you know, to move forward in the race. But um, the only well, other who, one that moves forward, I mean, who's who are the locks then in that category? Well, I think, I think J-Lo might be the one that's not nominated. And I'm still not convinced that the Kathy Bates thing is going to turn into an Oscar nomination either. Same thing with Annette, Annette Benning, And honestly, even they could dump Margot Robbie. I mean, I think Laura Dern is the only one I would bet money on that's going to get an Oscar nomination. That category, I, I mean, do you guys feel like that though any of those four are going to are 100% safe? Laura Dern is. Laura Dern. Right? She's the you only one. Works. Yeah, she's the only one. J-Lo, I mean, J-Lo's not safe. Annette Benning's not safe. No. Who else was nominated? Say it again. Say it again. Kathy Bates and Margot Robbie. And I don't feel confident about either one of them because I mean, bombshells so, falling no in popularity. And nobody's it's, talking about Richard yeah. Jewell at all. Well, nobody's talking about Richard Jewell. However, I will say I did listen to an extensive lengthy interview. Not that this is the, the gospel, but... I listened to, listen to an extended interview with Leo and Brad today, and Leo <laughs> produced the movie, and Brad talked about how much he loved uh, Richard Jewell. So I think that's a movie that, that people in the industry are going to see just because the movie tanked, box office-wise. Mm -hmm. I think that that doesn't mean that it's going to be out. Um, but at the same time, if she can get in just because she's Kathy Bates, great. I'm happy. I, I really enjoyed the performance. But um, I would much rather see um, Zhao Zen. Yeah, Gen that's Z. what I was gonna say. Yeah. So she's but, gonna get in. She's gonna get in. Scarlett Johansson's gonna get in, and I think maybe one of the. Uh, I think that the mom from Parasite could possibly get in. I think those be could great. be your other three. Now maybe one of these four here is the fourth one. Maybe it's Margot Robbie. Maybe it's Kathy Bates. But I think you're gonna see a totally different lineup at the Oscars. In that category. That, that's fine. That's fine. It, it, just like, you know, with actor, it's a crowded field this year. You know, I mean, that's only a good yeah. thing for us as viewers mm -hmm. and as critics, yeah. you know, and as uh, prognosticators and so on and so forth. Um, I, you know, so, I mean, it's exciting. But um, pivoting back to actress, um, you know, I, I mean, look, 
we'll talk about the superficial stuff. Renee looks fantastic on on stage. Her dress mm-hmm. was awesome. Yeah, I love the cut. I love the cut of it on her legs. Oh, so whatever that means to anybody who's listening to this uh, is whatever. But she looked great, and uh, her speech was a little wonky too. It was kind of cool, but also weird at the same time, which I liked. Uh, the way that she handled being played off, I thought was quite elegant. Um, I really, I really liked that. It was funny because I was like leaning over to my significant other and I was telling her, I was like, uh, I would feel so weird and I'd be panicking. (laughs) I would be so panicking if they did that to me, but she, she was cool and she, you know, she deserved it. I mean, I, all she's done in the past 10 years was that movie with Harry Connick Jr. that where she's in Alaska, a TV show and this, I think, I mean, I can't think of anything else that she's been in, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's exciting. So you got Renee, uh, Scarlet, Aquafina, um, and Sersha and Charlie's, I think. Sersha and Charlie's. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. I it's a good that, line. I think that's probably what you're going to see unless something wild happens. Um, hold on. We're, I know we're flopping back and forth, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the gold derby really quick and see who they have ranked on the supporting actress thing. Uh, that that category just seems the most fluid to me. Oh, Florence Pugh. We're not talking about Florence Pugh. So Florence Pugh could also get in at the Oscars. I mean, it really could be a totally different lineup at the Oscars. It could be Laura Dern, a- Florence Pugh, Zhao Shuzin, Scarlett Johansson, and um, Lee Jung-yun from Parasite. Actually, that's the one that plays there. And you know, everybody's seen Parasite is the thing. Yeah. Everybody's seen mm-hmm. her. Even though that yeah. she didn't have to campaign, everybody has seen it. Not everybody's seen The Farewell. I right. just know it, which yeah. is a bummer. But I know but, everybody. But she's campaigning really hard is the thing. Like, you know, she was there last night and she wasn't even nominated. So every time it cuts to Aquafina, you could see Nai Nai. You um, could see Nai Nai. And she had that amazing viral photo with Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, over the weekend. She's throwing yeah. absolutely wild. Right, and so the Oscar votes in tomorrow. Voting has to be completed by tomorrow. So I think, you know, like I said, Aquafina winning, that only helps the farewell. I think the farewell will do decently with the Oscars. So screenplay, 9-9 maybe, Aquafina. So even though the WGA did not include Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and the farewell because they were ineligible because they're not members of the Writers Guild, um, yeah, I think, uh, and especially with the screenplay being divided up and they're not at the Golden Globe. I mean, yeah, T- Tarantino's going to get known at the Oscars and he won at the Golden Globes. But um, I do, I still think the two popes might get in for screenplay at the Oscars. Because they like uh, Anthony McCartan. So. Yeah, so, so I think that'll probably still happen. But yeah, all the ones that were nominated at the Golden Globes, I think, are pretty safe to go on to the Oscars. And then I think you'll see Little Women at the Oscars and um, and a couple others. I mean, Booksmart got uh, WGA, but I think that was probably a, just a placeholder because um, once upon a time wasn't there. And we all got screenplay correct as well. We all went with once upon a time in Hollywood, even though a lot of people did not. Um, let's see. That puts us over to Best Foreign Language Film with Parasite. Only getting that one, even though we all got that one correct, too. Um, it did not win Best Picture. We'll get to that in a second. And then, um, of course, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood got um, Best Picture Musical Comedy. I don't think that was a shock to anybody. As popular as Rocketman was, I don't think anybody was predicting Rocketman to steal that one. 
And then again, like we mentioned at the beginning, 1917 took best picture, even though I really was afraid. I was afraid of my own prediction that Irishman was going to get best picture at the last minute. I was, that was the one I was really glad to be wrong about. And I was glad that Adib and Cole called that one correctly. Um, So any other, I mean, that's all the categories. Any other thoughts uh, about the winners or even the presenters? What Gwyneth Paltrow was wearing? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I mean, it seemed pretty uh, relaxed. Uh, I mean, uh, even if you take Rick Gervais, who we haven't even talked about at all, I mean, he didn't say, uh, I I mean, besides the end of his monologue, where he, like, called out uh, three (laughs) of the biggest companies in America. I mean, he didn't say anything that was, you know, just plain rude or homophobic or transphobic or anything yeah. phobic or anything like that. Uh, he was just uh, calling people out on their hypocrisy and yeah. And then he was kind of gone for most of yeah. the show. Yeah. Well, and with him, I mean, if anybody thinks that's not an act, I mean, it's a total act with him. So, you know, I mean, he's up there performing. That is what he does. It's it's like offensive performance stuff. So, you know, you can't, you have to take that for what it is, you know? It's, it's. I mean, look, the only person that I think is just as entertaining at the Globes for a completely different reason would be Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. I mean, you're not going to be able to get somebody that's actually going to be as lively as Ricky Gervais and I, I I dig it I love that and I love you know all the reaction shots it keeps viewers interested that's what people want to see rather than you know I guess there's no host at the Oscars this year I mean yeah, I don't the, know yeah I think they're doing the same thing they did last year okay. <laughs> to work I like well. a host but I like a host but whatever yeah. that's fine yeah um, so yeah I mean you know I, I think that I think Ricky Gervais was cool I thought it was a lot of fun um, to watch him and just to kind of be on the edge of my seat to a certain extent. But yeah, he did disappear until at the end when he told everybody to go F themselves and go do their drugs <laughs> and all, all that stuff. Him and Joaquin Phoenix, man, they just need to be on stage together. You would not be able to hear anything. It would just be all bleeped yeah. out the time. <laughs> Something I don't think anybody's mentioned, and maybe it's just me, but I feel like this was the most star-studded Golden Globes, or maybe any award show ever. I mean, to think of how many celebrities, big-time, big-name celebrities were in that room last night. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just odd that you had that many of the biggest names in the room. And then even at the end, Sandra Bullock comes out. And I'm like, you know, we're literally not missing anyone tonight. Everyone is there except <laughs> Anthony. Well, Lady Gaga wasn't there. Well, like I said, all the important people were there. <laughs> I know. I'm too, I'm too. Bradley Cooper wasn't there. Again, all the important people. Were there. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Willem Dafoe. Well, he wasn't even nominated, unfortunately. I, I hope he gets his Oscar nomination. But, but um, for yeah. So, movie. so what do you guys think? On uh, to jump back over to supporting actor. I mean, so if Anthony Hopkins or Tom Hanks, if that doesn't translate over to the Oscars, I mean, is Willem Dafoe the one that comes in there, or is it somebody? I else? would hope so. If people would watch it, even if they, if whatever you say about the movie, okay. If someone told me they thought that was the worst film of all time, I'd be okay. I get it. That's fine. Um, but the thing is, is his sheer performance is so strange and so cool. And I think it does a lot of really great character work there. So, I mean, hopefully by that merit, the people that see it um, will vote high with him and you know vote on him. 
But I, I just, I'm not holding my breath. I'm not counting on it. I, I'm just not. Um, I don't know who would fit in there, though, if it wasn't Well, it looks, it looks like, again, according to Gold Derby, they've got Song Kang Ho from Parasite, the dad, to okay. get, get the cool. fifth spot. That would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. It'd be different. You know, that's what we want. We want to see, you know, we want to see those uh, nominations like we did last year with Roma. That's what we want to see. Totally, and he totally deserves it. So they, they've got he, um, uh, Song Kang Ho and Anthony Hopkins, like, um, at five and six, and then Willem Dafoe in seven. And okay. Well, who, oh, you got Pesci and yeah, and the, Pacino. Though, yeah. How? Yeah. Of course, I'm getting And so, Hanks in fourth, but I'm not totally convinced that Hanks is getting in there. I'm not convinced with that either because yeah. I think people are like, oh, well, that was cute, but I mean, okay. Scarlett Johansson did say that her favorite movie of the year was Honey Boy, and it just breaks my heart that Shy is not getting anything anywhere. No, that's done. That's done. Yeah, it's so sad. That's done. Yeah, we put him in there. Yeah. All right. Well, if you guys don't have anything else to say, I think that's pretty much all we've well, got. Well, hold on a second. I want to talk about director. We well, hold on a second here. Hold on. We got we talked about more. director first. No, I've been marking for, for a second. Hours. For a second. Let's talk for about a, a couple second. more seconds. I, I thought it was going to be director bomb, and I and I want to. I think people that are listening would want to know about. Actually, you, know, you thought I it was going to be Tarantino because you I did think it was going to be Tarantino, and that's what's bringing me to my point. Is the thing with Tarantino is they're just not ever going to recognize him as a director. They're just not. It's just not going to happen unless his next film is just like, you know, holy crap! It just knocks everybody on their feet. But it's just always going to be screenplay. It was like that for Django. It was like that for Pulp Fiction. You know, it's going to be that again this year. He's going to probably win original screenplay again this year. Well, I told you my theory. I told you my theory. Well, let's hear it. Uh, Tell me again. So my theory is that when it comes down to the Oscars, that they're going to have this um, two lovers thing going on in screenplay. That Bombeck's going to win original. Greta Gerwig's going to win her first Oscar for Adapted for Little Women. That way Little Women gets something. And then they'll give um, Tarantino best director and they'll give parasite best picture well here's the deal though okay that would be cool i think that would be awesome i would love that so much um it would leave 1917 out in the cold and they would win a bunch of crafts editing cinematography score sound mixing sound the dunkirk treatment from two years ago okay Mm -hmm. easy to see but but and and, you know those films are companion films and whatnot i guess in, in a sense um but the thing is, is you're saying that they're going to, oh, they're going to give, but it's not like the Gotham Awards where people are just sitting in a room and, I know. you know, we're saying today, it's like, oh, well, okay, guys, well, we gave it to, to, to this person. We got to make sure to give something to, like, they don't care. But I think I the film is popular enough. Little Women is popular enough for people, especially yeah. right now. It is still doing very well, and it's now going on third week of release that people are still talking about it. People are going to see it. So yeah. I do kind of think. But that is a possibility as well. Well, it's because they're not just voting for the film. People actually like Greta Gerwig. They would be voting for her, and she's going to stand right, out because okay. she'll okay. probably be the only female in that category. And I don't think Little Women will go home empty-handed, and that's where it can win. And I think what um, the studio will do for Quentin is they're going to really, really, really sell it on you know him never, never won Best Director. One of the greatest actors of our time has never won Best Director. And um, if Bong, you know, obviously Bong Joon Ho is going to win an Oscar in foreign film, 
but he, you know, if if Parasite wins Best Picture, he gets another one. So, mm. you know, and so he still gets the two. It just it won't maybe it just won't line up like the two for Roma. Yeah, well, I mean, I saw a Quentin Tarantino's, you know, uh, interview in that weird back room after he mm-hmm. got his award. And, uh, I mean, the way he talks about himself, he doesn't see himself as a great director when he talks about himself. Yeah. I mean, he said that he's probably going to do 10 movies, and after that he's just going to be a writer because that's what he loves to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I don't think it's going to do him any favors if he, if they really want him to win Best Director that he doesn't talk about himself in that way at all. Well, that's true. But, I mean, that sounds like maybe the most humble thing he's ever said, but... <laughs> I mean, he did say that. Yeah, he did say that. <laughs> yeah, but um, I mean, I, again, I like to look at the best scenario for everybody. I don't really care for Quentin Tarantino. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was not one of my favorite movies, but you know, him winning director would be a big deal for people that love him and have followed him forever. So you know, if Bong Joon Ho wins best director, it's not that it would be undeserved, but there would be a bigger moment if Quentin it's wins. It's just different. It's different. it's different. It is. But like I was like I was telling you, a lot of times the Oscars and voters, they vote sometimes for moments. And, you know, if Quentin wins director and he's never won that, that's a moment. If Parasite wins best film, a foreign film winning best picture, that's a moment. You know, when I all these ones that I'm talking about are moments. If Bombeck and Greta win for screenplay and they're a couple, that's a moment. You know, I moments are what people remember you know they remember Catherine bigelow winning best being the first woman to win best director they remember spike lee you yeah know. that's a moment you know and sometimes the narrative about the moment is what they vote on because that's what they're aware of well, yeah that, but i mean the thing okay. is that the way they they vote on best picture i mean it's an elimination race it's not yeah. the movie that it's not a democracy. It's not the movie with no, the most right. votes that wins. So, I mean, that's why you get films like The King's Speech and uh, Green Book that wins, because it's the one that most people had on their number two uh, or number three spot. Uh, and that's so Parasite. So I don't see how a, a film like Parasite could right. win. But Parasite it's is going to be 1917. I, I mean, it seems think, like the obvious movie. I think it's... Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say I think Parasite is that number two and three movie though. Like it is. if you just if it you is. just take the Houston Film Critics Society as an example, everybody had that on their list. All forty members, except me and Cole, I think, had Parasite on their list somewhere. Not necessarily number one, but it was in their top five. Because we only did top five. So it was in their top five. And usually in the either one, two, or three spot. Like mm-hmm. it is that movie. It's the one that no, I mean, may, you may not, it may not be your favorite movie. People, but no, I haven't heard one person say they hated it. Not one person. I've heard Whoa. people say they, they hate Marriage Story. I've heard people say they hate Irishman. I've heard people say they hate Joker. But I have not heard one person say they hated Parasite. And not enough people have seen 1917 yet. Well, I bet you there's a lot of Oscar voters watching it tonight. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So yeah, that that was my biggest thing. I want to. Well, I think we just nailed it on the head. That is a great yeah. punctuation right there. <laughs> but I think you know, going yeah, and going into the Oscar race, the nominations will be out very soon. But you Monday, know, your, your front runners are 1917, What's One Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. I think those and, are the and, three. 
And you know, I thought this was going to be the year of net, the Netflix hump. It's just not. No, it's just not. It's just no. not. No, Marriage Story is going to win. You know, like two, three, maybe even four. Right, but it's not the best picture. It's not no, the it's best. Not really the best picture. No, it's just there's not enough love for it. And, and yeah, I wonder why. I wonder I what it is. Well, it's because like whoever said, you know, this in the era that we're in right now, people are voting for. Uh, movies that are doing something that, uh, that, that you know, that movies have uh, innovation. Right. They're running for innovation. Right. That, Marriage Story is amazing, but Woody Allen has been doing the same damn thing for 40 right, years. Right, right, yeah. And so those movies don't win anymore. It has to be a little bit more about innovation. So, so. speaking of hey, speaking of Woody Allen, random note, is uh, the Woody Allen movie playing in Denmark, A Rainy Day in New York? Is that playing in Denmark? No. I was very curious because I knew his film opened up overseas. So I, didn't know, I didn't know if the, the Woody Allen movie uh, was going to be playing in Denmark as well. But I guess I got my answer. Well, I mean, he's pretty, I mean, until all of that Me Too stuff, he was pretty uh, well liked in Denmark. I mean, I mean, one of our major outlets even has a sub film genre called Woody Allen movies and stuff mm. like that. So, I mean, but, I mean, it just seems like he hasn't made any real movies in the last couple of years. I mean, you're right about I mean, he, you know, I can't tell you the last time he did something that I, like, loved. But, you know. Blue Jasmine. Um, so, anyway, I was just, oh, yeah, Blue Jasmine. Blue Jasmine, Midnight in Paris. Those are the two I like the most from this decade. Um, so, anyway, guys. All right. Well, I guess we'll have to figure out when we're going to be recording next. I would assume... It would be after the nominations hit next week. Uh, so we're going to be very busy, very busy when it comes to that. But I yep. think we kind of have to. Um, well, we so. can reconvene after I get back from L.A. Or we can maybe do it on Monday, maybe before I fly back to Texas and talk about what the Critics' Choice Awards decided. Oh, right. And, and, so you... and, and I will say I haven't voted yet, which is weird. That the, I'm getting ready to fly out on Thursday, and I have not voted. We have not got our ballots yet. So... Couple things about that. So, is there any way that you can get into the nomination room? Uh, what do you mean the Monday nomination? morning? Like where they're reading the nominations in front of everybody? Over oh, the Oscars? Oh, you yeah. yeah. With the Oscars, you have to apply for that, and that was like months ago. But you can. Oh, is, they, it just they, any, is it just anybody, or is it yeah. members? Nope. You can apply as a journalist to be in the room. It's a huge auditorium, and I've applied many years and never got in. But um. Yep, they do a thing, and they say that it's random. So, wow! Well, that would be a blast. Waking up at four o'clock in the morning, and putting on the tux. <laughs> no kidding, yeah. Three in the morning. I mean, what are you doing in Los Angeles? Well, for the Critics Choice Awards, I'll be there because Critics Choice Awards are Sunday on CW. Plug there. CW. Yeah. So watch that live. Look for me. You can usually see me during the commercial breaks, running back and forth between different celebrities' chairs, and so yeah. So. Uh, if you don't know, the Critics' Choice are the most predictive award show um, to the Oscars because we have over 300 members. So unlike um, the Golden Globes, even though there's no carryover between Critics' Choice Awards and Oscars, but our awards match the Oscars more than any other award show. So even though the uh, Oscar ballots this year will already be turned in. It'll be interesting to see who the critics choose on Sunday, and that will be another chance for these same people or different people 
to uh, gain or lose some momentum. You said, you heard it from the expert. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but I will be there watching and uh, talking to people. So, Well, it'll be fun. I'll be excited to watch as well. It's always a really fun show. Who's hosting? Yeah, so, uh, Tay Diggs again. Oh, Tay Diggs. That's strange, yeah. but people love him. So that's cool. Yeah, they like him. So. All right. Well, we'll talk hopefully next week, and we'll talk about the Creature's Awards. All right, guys. Y'all have All fun. Right, okay. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.